Welcome to the podcast. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. And Mike, we are uh, kind of at a state of flux here. Uh, if you if you look at the markets uh, today, a lot of whipsaw in this market, uh, specifically uh, watching the the wheat market. Uh, it looked it looked great to to start the day. Then it looked ugly as we uh, as we got the uh, the day session going, and then. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's just buying everywhere in this market uh, with the uh, with the corn, the beans, the uh, the wheat, especially in that spring wheat uh, contract uh, where we uh, we took it up to to new uh, I believe new contract highs near that 1050 area. So let's uh, let's break this down and let's talk about some of the things that happened uh, today that uh, created that. But then let's talk about what uh, what implications this has uh, to the technicals uh, as we saw a lot of these markets did not hold anywhere near the gains that they had uh, mid-session so yeah so as of right now i mean upwards market in the middle part of the day backed off as we closed up and especially with the wheat with how strong it was early on seeing it close and especially that spring wheat in the red something that could lead to some more profit taking and some more of the tumbling effect coming into place, potentially seeing that uh, blow off top type of mentality to this market. So what happens tomorrow and how we open and move throughout the day is going to be pretty huge, but to see a sizable setback, especially after the sizable rally we've taken would not be overly surprising for the weed as a whole. On the corn bean side of things, not really too much chart-wise done. You had a outside day in corn, and it was something that had took place at the well. At this point, after we've already rallied about forty cents off the lows, so to see that movement after during the rally, not even at the beginning of it, but during it and potentially the end of it, would suggest more of that exaggerated move. The last bit of the greed coming in and pushing the market higher so that will be definitely something interesting to watch and with beans really nothing happened on the day you went up to resistance failed against it and then came back and finished around unchanged so definitely some interesting midday moves but that's where you're going to be looking at really noise trading coming into place and seeing all this back and forth throughout the day but really gauging what happens am i worried has my opinion changed on the market because of what because of where the price is sitting at? Right. Well, looking at um, let's just take uh, uh, bean volume uh, today, and and you know obviously uh, at this time we are we are seeing a lot of movement from the the November contract out to the January contract, but uh, volume is not all that uh, all that crazy right now. I mean it. Uh, January contract uh, traded uh, eighty three thousand five hundred. The uh, the November contract traded sixty seven thousand five hundred. So what are we talking? One hundred and hundred fifty thousand contracts, roughly for uh, for the front two contracts. Um, that's not fantastic volume for either of those. Uh, is there anything that we need to be paying attention to as we move forward into uh, first notice day on Friday? Is this a uh, get the heck out of uh, soybeans uh, uh, moment, or is this a let's stick to the uh, uh, stick to the short side of uh, of this? Because it it does. We are obviously still in a downtrend. Um, it, it, what's uh, what's your thoughts on on that one there? 
Yeah, so still in a downtrend, rejected resistance today. So it's definitely something, um, something that we'll be watching. And as long as it uh, rejects here tonight, it's something that you can, at this point, think of remaining short and playing mm -hmm. this from the short side because that rejection would suggest uh, taking that stance on the market. So sure. definitely something to be watching. And with lack of volume, there's still not a ton of interest. You've been seeing funds liquidate positions. And if we are going to talk about 2011 in comparison to this year, they did get short fund-wise, manage money. They did get short the bean market before resuming buying. And it wasn't a huge short position. It was very minimal. I think it was only 18,000 contracts short, but we're still moving in that direction. So seeing this downward slope of channels, seeing this chop, and then still seeing liquidation and low volume, not a whole lot has changed in the mentality market. And seeing that we have been growing the supply on these last several reports and should expect at this point to see that being ending stock remain above 300,000 or 300. Right. Well, let's talk about the wheat for a second. Um, obviously, you know, uh, spring wheat is very, uh, is very exciting being above $10 for the first time in years. Um, there's a couple of things that, uh, that, that are going on in the various wheat markets. Let's start with the Minneapolis wheat, that spring wheat contract. You mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago, the blow off top. Can you give a, a quick definition of what you're looking at when you call for that uh, call that a blow off top this morning or this afternoon yeah so when you're looking at it, you're looking for that very exaggerated upwards movement you're seeing buying come in the euphoria oh my gosh it's never going to stop and then all of a sudden it stops and just absolutely rejects you start to see oh crap let me get out of my positions let me sell and you see that reversal of psychology throughout the day so when you're looking at the blow off tops, those are the type of moves you're looking for, the, the exaggerated movements, the outside day higher that's not able to hold after we've already rallied as much as we have and things along those lines to show that the bears have been able to wrestle control away from the bulls at this point. Okay. All right. And we talked about something uh, uh, this is this morning, actually, uh, while we were uh, in between the uh, uh, the overnight session and the day session, but, and it didn't hold, but it's something to, to bring some, some knowledge or some, uh, some awareness to, uh, uh, to our customers here it is you talked about the, uh, the opening minute high in Kansas city wheat. So Kansas city in that first minute at seven, 7 PM last night goes up and makes it it's daily high at that time. Now, obviously, as we caught this, this uh, buying wave this afternoon, we did take out that high, but what's the, what's the implication when you see a situation like that in, the, uh, in a market where you make the opening minute high and then you just sell off the, re the rest of the day, or you make an opening minute low and then it buys the rest of the day? Because you saw that in cattle uh, feeders and fats yesterday on that uh, excitement uh, in that uh, right off the uh, cattle on feed report. Yeah. So, again, just like the blow off topic, it gives you that mentality of who's in control that day, whether or not the bears are fully in control or if you're seeing a fight between the two and you see that equilibrium where you find your doji type of days. But when you see a opening minute high, you're looking at the bears holding control for the day, vice versa. If opening minute low, you got the bulls in control because you weren't able to fight below that opening bid or ask. Um, so 
that's where that's going to come into play. It's just who's winning the day uh, and where's the psychology going from there. Now, would this give you um, maybe the thought of a change in trend or a correction or just a, a pause here at the top uh, type situation? Uh, if we're looking at the wheat, much like we saw in the beans, it could be a more sizable downwards movement. We've seen such a good dramatic up movement that even a 50% correction is a large move. So it's yet to be seen. It's going to be how does it fall through here tomorrow? Mm -hmm. um, is it something like what we're viewing in cotton where you're just seeing this monstrous uh, sideways range that has taken place here fairly recently? And really the follow through, because that's going to be where it comes into play. Where does right. the price action get you at the end of the week? Okay. Now let's talk, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of these, uh, some of these outside markets, because it kind of felt like, uh, especially last week and maybe even early on yesterday that uh, we were, we've been heavily influenced uh, by some of these outside markets, some of the, you know, as we call them macro markets, uh, crude oil, uh, the equities and the like the Dow, the S and P, the Nasdaq. Um, the, obviously, the dollar always has uh, plays a plays a role here. But uh, strength in some of these other markets seems to be pulling on on our markets. That it's not necessarily a uh, fundamentals be damned type situation when it comes to the beans, but because you have this bean complex where you've got uh, three different products, you've got the beans and then the products of, uh, of the, uh, the, the meal and the oil, the meat, the bean oil has been on fire lately. If following palm oil, following uh, uh, canola, following crude oil, uh, there's that conversation about the, uh, about the airline fuel uh, going to more of a, a biodiesel or biofuel uh, blend. And that seems to be rallying, uh, rallying things. Is there, is there anything that we should be really watching for uh, when it comes to these outside markets that uh, could continue to just always play a factor in our markets? Or at some point, do we go back to just trading our own fundamental and technical uh, situation in, in our own space? I think you very well could be looking at us going back and trading our own fundamental and technical, but what you need to see is really these margin requirements drop down for our markets, because until they do, a lot of this movement that's taking place and is highly influenced by the macros is because you have the only people that are able to really do some damage in this market, which is manage money. They have the capital in order to do so. So when they're moving their positions and doing so, at say the end of the month, or they need to rebalance how it's looking. They have a lot of control in the markets when you don't have margins at a level that entices more of the general population to come in here and be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned you mentioned uh, the uh, managed money, and that is something that's that's interesting because it's uh, I mean legitimately. For the last, let's call it a full, I think it's actually a full year now, we've been seeing uh, managed money filing out of the soybeans. Literally since about the last week in, in October uh, last year, uh, they, they hit their near record high. And then they've been, they've been just slowly but surely backing out of those positions to the point where now they're 
they're mostly neutral. I think they hold about an 18,000 contract uh, uh, long position, which is really nothing. Um, and then it's a similar idea in the corn. We hit that high, I think it was in April or, or May uh, earlier this year. And it's just been a slow and steady move to the exits for this managed money in these fund, uh, fund positions. Um, is that something that we have to be we have to be cognizant of uh, right now. Is that something where you you feel like that's showing us uh, that basically the rats are are fleeing a sinking ship, or is this just something that is this normal movement uh, that uh, we can expect as we go into the fall and winter? At this point, it's it's something that should be looked at as normal movement. We saw in 2011, we saw funds switching their position while we were sitting below nine bucks. So even if they're liquidating into a 1220 market or 1220, 1240 market, they still have a good profit there. So do they want to build a position from here? Probably not, but do they want to at least continue to take profits going into the year before they rebalance? I, it, it wouldn't be surprising. Mm-hmm. We still have a lot of variables on the table, whether it be China, whether it be, the world crop situation, how South America is going to look, uh, is this going to continue to be bearish? But at this point, if I'm looking at building a position or continuing to take profits, this is an area that taking profits and potentially building into a short position would make a lot more sense than not taking profits and then getting right back into a long position while we're in the really midpoint of price and overvalued from an economic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're, uh, let's put your uh, your farmer hat on because I know you are a big farmer. Um, but <laughs> let's uh, let's let's talk about uh, uh, about marketing uh, for a minute. Um, at this point in the year, you know we've got uh, about seventy, roughly three quarters of the uh, uh, of the beans harvested at this point. Sixty uh, percent of of corn is harvested uh, currently. Um, are you? Are you of the mind that you want to be uh, holding on to uh, on to, to corn and beans? Uh, you can take those separately, or you can do it in, in general. Um, and you know, if you are going to hold on to them, what to, are you doing anything uh, at this point to protect your downside? Or if you're getting rid of them, are you are you looking at uh, at possibly reownership and and just uh, maintaining ownership on on paper? Um, with your farm, and I know, you know, obviously anybody that knows you knows you don't have a farm, but if this was your farm, what are you, uh, what are you wanting to do right now? If this was my farm, I'd be looking at just getting rid of it. I mean, you got a market that's downwards moving. You have prices that are profitable, getting rid of it, not paying storage costs, not having to deal with that headache, and then just reowning on the board. Doesn't sound like a bad idea whatsoever. Yes, you could be paying, especially if you're, say, buying a call or something along the lines. You're paying premium in order to do so, but you're not storing, mm-hmm. having those storage costs hit you, and then also having the potential for this price to move against you on top of it because none of that's actually sold. So getting rid of some crop here on the cash market and then using the board as your bin seems to be the better route to be running with right now. 
Right. Okay. All right. Um, the only the only caveat to, that I would have to that would be, you know, um, talking to your uh, your accountant before you make that uh, that decision because obviously there uh, could be some major tax implications where you might have to, you know, defer payment out to uh, to 2022 or you might have to uh, uh, push on that uh, as far as uh, delivery uh, out to uh, 2022 rather than uh, uh, delivering directly from the field. But I I, I I understand your logic. I think that's completely that's completely fair. We've been talking about this for a long time. We're at profitable levels. There's no question. You know, do something while you have a profit uh, out there. So, very good, very good. Um, at this point, you know what what's the what's the next thing that we have to be thinking about? Because we're we're starting to to close it down for the year. You know, we're uh, we're two months out from uh, from the end of the year. Uh, harvest is uh, is wrapping up in a lot of areas, and obviously, it's coming uh, coming down to uh, the next uh, probably three weeks of uh, of major movement in uh, in harvest. What uh, what are we watching for as we close out the year here, Mike? We're going to watch what we generally watch. We're going to be watching what's going on with exports. Are we able to ship it out? Are we actually getting to paces that matter? Is crude going to stay where it's at and keep with the biofuel story? Are the biofuel stories still going to be there? What's going on with South America? All the things that loom in the background uh, and we are able to trade during the low volume winter months but just seeing how the world picture is developing while we have our off season and really how we go into the obviously end of harvest and what kind of ideas we should be looking at for a number yield wise come January. So a few things, and it's, it's the same things we watch every year, but if you guys don't have any plans for this upcoming year, if you don't know if you're positioned quite right, make sure you guys give your uh, brokers a call. You can always call us at 800-262-7538. But today for Allendale, this is Mike Lung and Greg McBride signing off. You guys have a great one.